This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. Uh, my name is Jason Miller. I'm your podcast host. I got a special guest with me today. Joe, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Jason. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, hey, tell the audience a little bit about who you are. Tell them what your superpower is and, uh, you know, what area of genius you are. <laughs> uh, well, that's very thoughtful. Um, <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I started off as a pretty ambitious guy uh, early on in my career. Uh, I knew that I needed probably some sort of a, a hand trade. Um, so I went into communications and broadcasting, um, did that for a while um, until, of course, you know, you start hitting the ceiling in your career and you start looking for other avenues. So, again, for me, I'm always looking to where can I go next? What can I do better with what I got? Um it actually led me to the Navy. Uh, I, I know that thinking just what I'm doing in communications, networking, broadcasting, um, you know, how, how, how cool would it be to be on the world stage and be able to do that as well. So I, I made it pretty easy for my recruiter. Um, I walked in and said, I want to be in submarines and I want to work in communications. And he's like, okay, pack your bag. <laughs> we'll get you to boot camp. So uh, five years subforce communications, um, just a just a, a great program across the military. I couldn't be more thankful for my service. Um, you know, when people tell you thank you for your service, I just turn around and tell them it was my pleasure, honestly. And um, you know, I, I went in there just like I said, ambitious kind of guy. I went in there just to go get everything I could out of the military. Um, so that was not just making rank, but you know, hitting all the senior quals. Um, and going in with no college, uh, I came out with a bachelor's degree. Um, so I couldn't be happy with that. But, you know, there was that point where my contract came up and I really started thinking about, wow, you know, I'm, I'm rounding 30. Um, you know, I've got some experience under my belt. What could I really do with myself here? So um, uh, nothing against the military, but I, I thought that I could maybe spread my wings a little bit further uh, by getting back in the civilian world. So that's what I did. Jumped right out, went straight back into college, uh, went for my master's. And that's when I started dabbling in consulting and uh, kind of doing it part time while I was going to school full time. Um, but uh, it was kind of a dual experience. You know, when you go through your undergrad and you're doing that internship, kind of the same idea. Um, I wanted to gain that experience. Um, knowing that eventually I was probably going to land uh, a corporate role, which was the end goal. And um, so, yeah, started off just with some small businesses, going in there, helping them out, offering my services. Um, and just, you know, for, for most of those types of organizations, it was getting them organized or putting them on a track to where maybe they could go succeed a little bit more on their own. So, uh, in doing so and gaining my uh, my master's degree, um, you know, I got my first corporate gig offer. So I uh, went to go work for a Fortune 50 company, nonetheless, uh, 
it was very exciting for me. Um, but I really did my time in the trenches there as well. So, you know, you don't just join an aerospace company and uh, think that you're going to take it over in, you know, two to three years time. So you really got to put in your chops there. Um, and, and I did. So, uh, you know, rather proud of that. Um, and that allowed me to springboard into other corporate roles. And that's, that was kind of the goal was to get that repertoire, if you will, to, uh, you know, be in the production line and then go into quality management and then ultimately become, you know, senior program manager for, uh, you know, large corporations. So, and as you always hear me say, corporate guy turned independent business consultant. Well, that's, that's what I did. So I went out there got all the experience that I could gain in the corporate world. And uh, here I am, you know, uh, doing it on my own. And I kind of come full circle with it, where all those little businesses that I was helping to some degree with the knowledge I had, now I'm bringing a, a plethora of knowledge to the table. And, um, and now I can just, I can really propel them in the direction and give them a little bit more foresight to where they need to be as opposed to just helping them pick up the pieces. So uh, that's where I'm at. And of course, you know, working with the strategic advisor board, I bring that element to the table as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're in interesting times when you talk about, you know, the quality management, all these different things. Right. And so what do you think is a really important key in, in some of these roles that you have all this experience in that you would think of would be a really good leave behind, right? Uh, for the audience when it comes to some of these expertise fields that you have? If you were talking to a company today, right, directly at them, not at the podcast, in a few of those roles, what would that discussion look like? Uh, well, it starts off with, let's just set the end goals here real quick. You know, let's, they don't have to be too excessive or too deep, but just at a high level, let's talk about what are you aiming for? And, and to get there, uh, I, I preach the, the lean, six, lean Six Sigma philosophy. And out of the six S's, which it used to be five, um, and not disregarding safety as one of those S's, but the two I aim for are sustainability and standardization. I think once you hit those S's in the six S program, um, you can start to lay that platform to get to the next level. Um, so th that's where I usually start the conversation. And then we work from the beginning. So uh, it's to me, and you've always heard me say this, is you got to get back to the basics first. Can you walk me through your business model? Is it even the same as you started? What's changed? If so, where are the gaps? Let's fill those. Um, and then usually from there, the path becomes pretty clear, but it also comes with a lot of groundwork too. Um, so when you're working with these business owners, you have to make a decision. You've been doing this for a while, or you've been doing these tasks on your own for a while. What are you ready to alleviate? What, or as we shift your business model or uh, tailor it to what your goals are, what are you willing to add to the plate as well? And so that's usually how the conversation starts. And it, I mean, whether it's uh, manufacturing, or, you know, you get into the, the supply chain role with your vendors and just uh, allowing your bandwidth for whatever your capabilities are within your company 
Um, all those things start coming into play. Then you can start considering what your inputs and outputs are of your business. Yeah. It's interesting because I mean, I, I, I used to COVID kind of squashed it, but I used to run a, uh, a pretty uh, robust uh, like give back program for startups here in Boulder, which, uh, which I'm starting to do again. Um, but but to watch a lot of those young companies, you know, with this is my model, and then you watch them over the course of two or three years and how their model just complete it, it is, doesn't even look like it did when they started, right? So it, it's really amazing. At, and that's why I always tell people, don't, don't focus so much on the destination. Worry about the journey along the way, right? Because absolutely. The, the, there's too many changes that happen in the middle of all that. Um, it's good to have goals, long-term goals and all that stuff, but it's why I really don't believe in business plans because <laughs> they, <laughs> they shift and change way too much. Right. So you got to have it, if Which you is a good it thing. Capital, but, but it's a good thing, right. Cause that's how you learn. Um, yeah. I mean, on a whole different note, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the world is in this peril place, right. With manufacturing and, you know, uh, the, the supply and demand and gosh, we see it with some of our own clients, right? So this supply demand issues, um, you know, how do you see that today? How do you see that shaken out? How do you see, uh, how manufacturing is going to shake out in the future? How this you know, not, not just here in the U S but globally. Right. And how are we going to deal with that mess? Yeah. You know, and I wish I had the, the simple answer to just hand over to the United States government and say, <laughs> Hey, here's, here's the solution. I guess the you'd, be, you, you'd be the, ne- <laughs> you'd be the next billionaire, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. But, but the way I see it, the, you know, the world just went through an incredible time in history where the, the whole mindset and lifestyle of business just changed. It actually just went upside down, in my opinion, but not necessarily in a bad way. It just allowed everybody to run after what they thought would be possible for themselves. So it's, it's kind of the big red button. And if you want to throw another lean term out there, it's, it's the Toyota method. Everybody kind of scrambled to go solve the problem. Well, in their own solution to solving their own problems, we kind of created a global issue, which means that as we went to go consume everything and uh, lack of a better term, hoard for materials to pump production and grow business, uh, while the rest of the big name companies that were facilitating to the COVID protocols weren't able to keep up with the demand. And now we're seeing the inflation, the cost of goods are way up and that demand still exists. Um, you know, people were still eager to maintain their businesses. It was either that or it was feast or famine. Um, you know, it was either keep the business going at all costs or fold. And we saw it through the pandemic, many small businesses just crumbled. Um, they couldn't keep up. They didn't have the bankroll. They didn't have the employee base. Um, And then, so now that the world is getting back to somewhat normal, it's a slow crawl. And the only solution I could see to it is that 
we're really going to have to source what it takes for you to be profitable in your business. And if, if you can source your vendors, vet those vendors out to be reliable vendors, um, then you need to maintain that relationship so that not only is your, it goes back to the supply chain. That's exactly what it is. One link to another um, so that you can fulfill who you are and what you deliver, whether it be a product or a service to your customers. And um, unfortunately, that comes with a little bit of cost right now. But if, if anybody knows being a business owner or a small business, um, you, you pump a lot of time, money and effort into what it takes to maintain that business. So I, I think it just takes a little bit of patience. I think uh, I hate to say that it, it's nothing to be worried about. I mean, absolutely, there's a little bit of a crisis out there. But if you can kind of plan around those issues. Um, it's just like anything else I've experienced in manufacturing. You can plan, plan, plan. And you can, it's the one guy who calls off who's your machinist who was supposed to turn the big round thing that costs $100,000 and have it delivered to the, uh, you know, the airplane companies uh, the next day. If that doesn't happen, well, wow, you're, you know, you're just as much of a pickle than uh, anything else. So it's, uh, it's not just having a plan. And you'll know this from being in the military, it's having that tertiary plan and then that contingency plan. So mm -hmm. you just, you can't just go down one path in business. Um, and, and that's not just for working in the corporate world. That's for being a business owner too. Uh, it, it's gotta be kind of a lifestyle. You gotta be able to adapt and change. And that's where the whole continuous improvement philosophy comes into play. And that's what makes organizations successful. If you really wanna get down to it, is they're flexible. They can adapt and can overcome, and then they can still strive to those big goals that we talked about that still lay ahead of them. Yeah, for sure. And we're just in a time right now where everything's just a little bit harder, right? It uh, Things seem to be a little bit harder, and that's never an excuse, right? But But for small business, it's like you just need to be prepared to just constantly be doing these little micro pivots all the time, right? Um, to figure things out. And because if you lay stagnant for six months and nothing's happening, well, that's the definition of insanity, right? So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you gotta you well gotta, the big thing is the big thing is we're we're all we're all in the same predicament. And and that's mm. that's what's driving this bus a little bit down the crazy train, going down the, the rails a little bit. Um, is that we're all on the same bus here and we're all trying to figure it out because we were all impacted by the same situation. Um, you just, um, I mean, you said it, it's like, if you're just going to go back to what you were doing before, well, that's, and expecting different results, that is the definition of insanity. Um, you, you just got to be a hundred percent flexible and you, and not only that, rely on your resources. Uh, if, and that goes back to that su those suppliers I was talking about. If you've got some, if you had some great suppliers before the pandemic and they were struggling, bring them in. See what you all can do together. Partner up. Mm. Um, you know, make it work. Um, and, and unfortunately, it, it, it's just the uh, hate to say growing pains, but we're kind of re-establishing ourselves to be successful again. And it's just going to take work. I mean, that's everybody. That's the large yeah. companies trying to staff. That's the manufacturing plants trying to get uh, 
components to build circuit boards. That's, uh, you know, the airline industry. It's anybody. So you can't, you can't just have a pity party for yourself because I'm a small business owner and I just can't do it. There's a way. If it's financing, there's a way. Um, if it's staffing, if it's growing, there's a way. But um, I, I, see, I see the clear through the trees. I do. I think that uh, as it starts to level out, um, people are going to be right back on their feet. Businesses are going to be thriving again. Um, and the great thing about all this is you're going to see just a multitude of businesses coming out of this predicament. They're going to see that challenge and then they're going to conquer it. And that's what's going to make them successful. That's, that's my opinion. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we're coming out of it. There's no doubt of it. Like we're waking, we're freaking waking up or, you know, businesses, owners are waking up and going, Hey, there's other ways to do this for sure. You know? And it's like, we're coming out of a shift in a slide where everybody, where, where really it didn't matter if you were a $50 million company or a hundred thousand dollar a year company. We all, everybody got almost made equal <laughs> just about right. Cause de- depending right. on the industry you were in, right. Cause if it required manufacturing, acquired all those things at some point they lined up and everybody was an equal again. Right. And then obviously the bigger companies had the opportunity to do a lot more because of, of cash flow, but but still, it's like we just slid the scales and started everybody back up as a startup. <laughs> yeah, in some it, industries. it really was just in ratio. But mm-hmm. but you're right; we all had to go back to the starting line. It just it was in different yeah. ratios. And if you were the larger company, maybe you had to pay your employees a little bit more to stick around. And uh, that right. that's the other part of the the business that's changed too is that uh, everybody did see that opportunity to you know maybe go to the competitor or change industries. They, they really saw it as their own pivot point. Um, I mean, you're just tailoring to a whole new market and people who were hesitant to go out and now just refuse to go out and interact with people. Well, I mean, you, you had to digitize and, and facilitate to, to that crowd as well. So it's, it's online markets, it's, uh, you know, online marketing, um, the days of knocking door to door to acquire sales is, is pretty much dead. I mean, it's still there to some degree. Um, but, you know, again, you, you're working with a crowd of people that don't want to interact with people if they don't have to, um, you know, working from home. It's just a, it's just a whole nother level of, of issues. But again, I don't think there's anything out there that's uh, too significant that can't be overcome. Well, yeah, I'm a big believer in you can spend a lot of time and making a lot of excuses or try the next thing. If that doesn't work, try the next thing. If that doesn't work, try the next thing. You just continue. You continue to hammer it out. You continue to put one foot in front of the other. That's called entrepreneurship, right? (laughs) So, because that's why, you know, people, you hear the old saying, right? Well, why isn't everybody a business owner? Because the shit's hard. And, and and if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it, right? <laughs> so it's hard. It was hard then. It got a little harder. But uh, at the end of the day. It takes a lot of time. takes a lot of effort. Yeah. 
Yeah. You just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving. That's it. Just like on a patrol, right? <laughs> put one foot in front of the other. Agreed. And keep moving. That's it. Because that's all you can do. Well, the alternative <laughs> that's is... That's the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, isn't that... Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, and, and I know that guys like us, we can rely on our, our military status. And uh, that was the beauty about the military is when you were committed or part of a mission, you just couldn't quit. Uh, especially for us in the submarine, once those hatches were closed and you were underwater, you couldn't really go very far. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, that, that's what builds the discipline. And I think that's, uh, that goes a long way. And I think everybody has to have some level of discipline, whether you're just a a professional in the workplace or as a business owner, you, you got to buckle down. You got to do what it takes to get things done or else I don't know how else they're going to get done. No one's going to come do them for you. You know, even from a consultant standpoint, they, they sometimes people really expect that you're just going to come in and do a lot of work for them. So, well, that's not really how this works. I'd be glad to offer you my services or I can point you in, in certain directions, but um, there's no magic wand ever really uh, it, it takes, and I'll throw another term out there. It, it takes walking your business from front door to back door. I know you've heard me say that before, but it, it really, it, it's a, it, you have to break it down in that way. Can you walk yeah. yourself through your own business and then just be hundred percent satisfied with the way it operates? Is it efficient and effective? Um, but that's, that's just the way it goes. You can't, yeah. You can't get lazy and you can't just say, I have a great idea. Great ideas are great ideas, but <laughs> you got to get it out to market too. Yeah. Well, complacency is a killer, right? I mean, and that happens. Look at, uh, I don't remember which one it was, the car rental company that bellied up during the middle of COVID, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that was nothing. I'm not going to name them on here, but that was nothing more than pure complacency. That's all that was. Um, and I love the philosophy of uh, Bill Gates. So Bill Gates, uh, like him or not, doesn't really matter. I'm just talking about business-wise. Um, he believed in a war chest, right? And he kept enough money in war chest to run payroll for a full year to keep the company alive. And no matter what happened, do you think that might have came in pretty handy? <laughs> right? So through uh through the suck Absolutely. of COVID, I'm, I'm sure that came in pretty handy, right? So um it's it's all just about you, you know, and kind of segueing into that when you look at struggles, right? Of you know, entrepreneurship, business ownership, all these different things, right? So if you were to really share a struggle that you went through um, in business ownership, uh, pluck one out of your bucket that you think is the most relevant to share with a young and up and coming CEO or a business owner, what, what would that be? And, you know, how did you overcome it? The biggest struggle, well, for me in particular, and, and to make it adaptable for the audience here is, uh, is, is, is growing the business. You can start a business and it can lay flat and you can be perfectly content with the way it's going. But when you start thinking about, I want to do a little bit more, you, you got to put in the time 
and sometimes it comes with money and then the effort has got to be there. There is no nine to five when you're a business owner. You have to get that into your head. Um, as much as we all want to go play with our kids in the evening and go on vacations on the weekends, something's going to have to get. But the way I looked at it was if I could just get to a certain level, get to that point, then all those things that I've maybe sacrificed. And hey, again, going back to the military, we gave up a lot of time with our families to go do what we had to do so that now we could live our lives the way we wanted. That would be my philosophy is put in the work when you can do why, what's the old cliche? Why put off what you can do now? Or what is it? <laughs> why put off for tomorrow what you can do now? That kind of thing. Yeah, um, right. um, but that, that's really what it is. You're, you're going to have to just accept that there's going to be a little bit of some backpedaling or some slow motion before you really gain some traction. But hey, if you, if you keep the eye on the prize and you're willing to put in the work, it'll be there. You can get it. Yeah, for sure. And I think people look at a lot of these books, the four hour work week and all this stuff. And right. And, and, and that absolutely can happen. But the part they leave out is all the years before that <laughs> to, to get it there. <laughs> so they're like starting at four hour work week. Here we go, baby. Yeah, life is good. Let's talk about the last three or four years prior to that <laughs> or 10 years prior to that, right? To get to that. So it's like knock all the luster yeah, off and this I, stuff. I, yeah, I love all the perspectives on it. And it's all, there's some added value to it and however you want to grasp onto it. And the ones I love, and I won't mention any names, of course, but you know, we know through coming up through the ranks that there's different leadership types, but uh, it, it always gives me a little bit of a laugh when I hear this, uh, you know, laissez-faire or when they have this new term that's been kind of kicked around in the past few years, the chillpreneur, you know, that entrepreneur where you can take a very relaxed approach to it. I'm like, where was, where was that? <laughs> because it's, it's a lot of work. I don't know. A lot of people are saying, oh, you can do, you can run your business from the beach, but just like you're saying, they leave out the first probably four years, five years of growing that business to get it to that point. So I, I get it, but yeah, you got to put in the work first. So pe people can't shy away from that. I think we're, yeah, as the generations are starting to, to swap out a little bit, everybody wants to be kicked back in their gaming chair and they want to do business from the click of a button. Hey, uh, me too. But sometimes you got to get out there and you got to do the things that maybe you don't always want to do. Yeah. For sure. And it just depends on where you're happy with, right? So if you're happy with making $60,000, $70,000 a year, maybe that's possible for you. I, I mean, I've, I, my brain doesn't think in those numbers. So, but I, I'm not everybody, right? But some people are happy with that. Can kind of start a little hobby side deal and, and make that fairly easily in today's, especially the gig market and, all that kind of stuff. Right. But I think we're talking about a different thing. Right? So just to kind of delineate the conversation. So those two don't get mixed together <laughs> for sure. So sure. Yeah. Well, it's um, interesting you bring that up because I was just having, I was just having that conversation with the client where and you said it, I mean, you can be making 70, $80,000 a year and based off of if that's comfortable for your lifestyle, we talked about ratio. You could be making $2 million a year and be even more broke 
than the guy who's making, you know, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year because you're just yeah. you're not that disciplined with your business and your money. So again, another cliche, more money, more problems. You just gotta know how to deal with it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you know, hours don't always equate to cash flow, but but they they hours do equate, I think it equates to growth, right? Um, growth can come in many ways, not just monetarily. And it's important to be a lifelong learner too. You know, don't be the business owner that just thinks you, well, I know it all. I got it. No, you don't because none of us do. If we did, we'd all be, we'd all be billionaires. We'd all be, uh, we'd all be, uh, Elon Musk's and all the rest of them, right? So, so uh, obviously, you know, we have to just figure out what we're going to be happy with, set a goal for that, and run for that. And that's the name of the game. I mean, that's yeah. continuous improvement, right there. You yep. you, you got to be constantly learning and willing to adapt and change. Yep, for sure. Well, well, hey Joe, thanks for all the insight there, and you know. I like to round out the call here with a question. And that is if you could have picked someone to be here today, dead or alive, friend, family, Jesus, Buddha, you know, whatever, right. (laughs) That you could ask that one question to, or maybe they were just here and were part of the conversation. Who would that be? Well, it's funny because you brought up Bill Gates and Elon Musk. They'd probably be in, in that list. But if I had a chance, I've always been fascinated with Mark Cuban and what he's been mm. able to build. I mean, I still sometimes don't know what he did past the 90s after selling his uh, video conference technology. But if, if it's one guy that I know that's probably got so many fingers and so many pies, and just seems to have it under control. The one question I'd probably ask him is, well, what's the one thing that keeps you up at night? <laughs> I just yeah. want to know. You seem so relaxed, but yeah, you know, you're on top of the world here. I just, I'd, I'd love to know that. Um, and so for me, if I could gain a little bit of insight from him on just that, maybe I could switch my mindset a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Or you look at these, these, uh, a lot of these, these folks, they have, 20, 30 companies, right? How do you manage all that? Well, I know how they do it. It's not really that, but right. It's more like, how do you manage to keep control over it all? Because I know what it's like to have multiple companies. And it's for me, just having what I do, it's like, yeah, you got GMs, you got all that stuff, but it doesn't alleviate you from the problems, right? (laughs) Because you're still the one in charge at the end of the day, right? So- yeah. So how do you get through all that and manage all that and, and really be able to, you know, make it these empires that they do. It's pretty amazing. Actually. The, the business owner of 500 employee company, or like we're talking about, you own multiple, probably million dollar plus companies. And to some degree you worry about something. I just want to kind of know at that high level, how do you manage that stress? I mean, that's, uh, right. you know, as, as I aim for success in my own career, I, I just, those are the things that interest me most. Yeah, for sure. Well, Hey Joe, how do people get a hold of you and, uh, work with your genius? Oh, sure. Well, again, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, if you're, if you're looking for independent business consulting, 
Skylark Enterprises, that's my DBA. You can always go to skylark-tent.com um, and my contact info is there. And uh, so for what I do, I uh, it's tailored business solutions. I come in and I work one-on-one. Uh, and that's where I differ a little bit. Um, of course, working with SAB, you get you get the full force power of 10 CEOs. Uh, with me, you get me. And uh, that's, that's some things that uh, some business owners can really value from. I mean, it's, it's kind of a pick and choose clientele. Um, I'm not going to spread myself so thin to just come in by myself for a large organization. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have that conversation with anybody that's interested. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for being here, Joe. Thank you for your service, your military service. Um, obviously, veterans are veteran businesses are my favorite uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, I always say we have 168 hours in a week. Thanks for taking the time to spend 30 here because um, it's important. Time is important. You can replace cars, money, all kinds of things, but you can't rewind the clock. So thanks for taking the time to be here. I appreciate you. All right, Jason. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Hey, thank you for joining uh, today's episode of War Room Moments. Remember, dream it, believe it, go achieve it. This is your podcast host, Jason Miller, signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.